the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. I'm not used to needing sunblock to go on stage. You know who this is, Carrie, don't you? Good morning, everyone. You found yeah. Financial Food for Thought. You got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. And uh, do you know that little guitar riff there? I think so, but I don't want to. James Taylor? James Taylor. Oh, I like I remember growing up, my parents would play James Taylor songs. So why am I playing? I was a kid. So you heard he was at the President Biden's rally. I'm not calling it a rally. I don't know what he called it a rally, but I, I, I don't know. He didn't call it a rally, but his victory. His support uh, his, system? Uh, yeah, his support group? Well, you know, when he did the, the White House, the, the victory lap over the uh, IRA bill and how, you know. I used to uh, like James Taylor until he sang, like, what was it over in Europe? He sang that you got a friend with yeah, so, <laughs> so, me with the terrorist. Uh, Way to him. go! So he was playing out in the garden. This is Casey Kasem with a long distance dedication going out from JT to the big guy. Hey, buddy, I feel your pain. Just yesterday morning, they let me know you gone. Actually, I don't know if you could have found, couldn't find a better song dedicated to President Biden when you really listen to the words. Oh, I love this song. Walked out this morning and wrote down the song. I just can't remember who sang. The stock market doesn't necessarily reflect the state of the economy, as you well know. The economy is still strong. Unemployment's low. Jobs are up. Manufacturing's good. So I think it's good. Uh, I think it'll be fine. Are you worried about the inflation number, though, sir? No, I'm not. Because we're talking about one-tenth of one percent. Did you get all anyway, that, there? The stock market doesn't necessarily reflect the state of the economy, as you well know. Mm. And the economy's still strong. Unemployment's low. Jobs are up. Manufacturing's good. So I think it's, uh, I think we're going to be fine. Are you worried about the inflation number, though, sir? No, I'm not. Because we're talking about one-tenth of one percent. So, yeah... He did. He, President Biden did a. He just did a, a, a whole world round about what's going on with the economy in that little clip there. I know it's hard to hear because right. he's outside. But the last question from the reporter was, "Are you worried about inflation?" No, he said. And he said no, and he said because it's only up one tenth of one percent. Um, 
And yeah, but the American people are worried about inflation. Right. So, so thank you, James. We'll say goodbye to James. Um, so let's break that down a little bit because we we got that horrendous hot CPI report this week, mm-hmm. right? And basically, there goes Goldilocks. I mean, the Federal Reserve. I mean, it it, it just nailed in. The Federal Reserve is going to have to continue raising. It'll be 75 basis points. It'll be, right. I think, the fourth 75 basis point hike in a row. And probably locked in a 75 basis point in November. Mm-hmm. So the somber, somber summer of 22, Carrie, is quickly turning in the summer of 75. Mm-hmm. Because the Federal Reserve is going to have three to four 75 basis point hikes. The UE did their 75 basis point, And inflation is not cooling off enough as much as though. But, but Biden says we're fine. Right. So so why is he saying that? Because he's right. delusional. Well, first he said the economy is still strong. So we could look we got the retail sales report this week, right? And it was a it was a good report. It wasn't a bad report. Right. It wasn't a great report. Um basically they said that consumer spending is up point three percent. All right. And but the experts were looking for a decrease of point ten percent, you know, ten one tenth. So it beat economists expectations uh but a lot of that carry was that gas at the pump you know you always talk about that such a huge consumer spending issue you know Mm -hmm. the because the 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 one penny at the gas pump is worth billions of dollars although the swings have been pretty big right but that's somewhat they're saying what happened was (laughs) the gas at the pump went down Right. And people went out and bought cars, you know, feeling, oh, I guess I can afford that car right. now because the gas prices are back down. So that combination helped the overall retail sales report. Um, and remember, the retail sales report isn't adjusted for inflation. So it's kind of a quirky report from that retrospect. But most, a lot of economists think that overall the report kind of said that the consumer is losing some steam, you know, losing some momentum. Right. You know the uh, the lower gas has certainly pr- the lower gas price helps certainly right, but the the cash reserves of America are getting low again. No more stimulus checks coming, right? Right. Um, and Although I see a headline, I think every week, like, "Oh, you're going to get your stimulus." I was well, like, "Well, some of the states are doing right." That. You know, California, right? Yeah, but yeah. I see quite a few. But, or yeah, but, their government's going to save us all. Yeah, no, but the right the 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 federal the, the federal government there ain't no four stimulus. <laughs> no, check they just keep spending. Um. So okay, so then the sec. So I guess we could say President Biden. Okay, the economy is still strong. Okay, we'll give him that. Okay, next he said unemployment is low. All right. Um, well, I guess because unempl- you know we had the jobs report earlier in the month, and it came in at three point seven percent, and historically that's very low unemployment. Mm-hmm. Now, but it was up higher than the previous month that was three point five percent. So he didn't mention that unemployment went up. He just mentioned that un- unemployment is still low. Now, by the way, this is that whole good news, bad news, bad news is good news, right? You know, because the Federal Reserve wants the unemployment up higher. You know, mm-hmm. they want it to be 4% by the end of the year. Right. Um, so they're somewhat, you know, again, they're kind of opposing at that. But um, so, and then also he said, the third thing he said was that jobs are up. 
Okay, so in that same jobs report, yeah, the non-farm payrolls came in at 315,000, a good number. Remember the previous month, it was way over 500,000, mm-hmm. over 500,000. So you had strong, yeah. And, uh, and the JOLTS report, you know, said that there's two to one, you know, a, a, a jobs available per available worker. So it's still, you know, jobs are up and, and the weekly jobless claims came in low, you know, it, mm-hmm. 213,000, you know, again, you know, everything. So I guess, you know, okay, jobs are up. All right. Um, then he said manufacturing is good. Well, we got the New York Federal Empire State Manufacturing Index report this week, Carrie, and yeah, and yeah, they, again, it, it it good news, bad news. Okay, it it came in at a negative one point five percent for September. Now it's still negative. Mm-hmm. That's the bad news, but the good news it. It was a lot better than August's, which was a negative right. 31%. Right. So that was a big increase. You know, and the street was looking for a negative 13%. Okay. So a negative 1.5. All right. So this is what he's saying. But let's get back to that final question that, that the reporter asked him, where his response is, he's, Joe Biden said, is, I'm not worried about inflation because it's only one-tenth of 1%. Well, that was just one. Remember, I've been going over the CPI data, right? And and you gotta you remember, there's two major things. You can look at headline CPI, or you can look at core CPI, and then you can also look at annual year over year, or you could look at the more current month over month. Mm-hmm. So what he was referring to was the month, the the, the headline month over month. You know, that because that came in at 0.1%. And the previous month, it was 0%. It was flat. So he's saying what Biden was saying was it's not inflation. No, it only increased by, you know, um, 0.1%. And that's okay. That's not nothing to be worried about. If you look at the headline, okay, the, the year over year, in August, it, it came in at 8.3%. That's when, you know, when that was reported, that's when the stock market dropped like a rock, mm-hmm. right? Where you had the S&P with a parabolic uh, 4.32% loss on that day, um, a big drop, you know, and because everyone was hoping to see a much better year over year. Um, now, it, it did beat, though, the previous July, which was 8.5, which beat the previous June, which is 9.1. But it was still kind of, you know, the street was looking for 8 flat, not 8.3, right? So, so somewhat disappointed. But let's, but, but again, part of the reason why it was looking better was because of the gas pricing, the oil pricing lower. Right. So if you strip that out. Right. Which you say, you know, if you look at core. okay, so core that year over year wasn't that good of a because it came in at six point three percent, a bit worse than the previous month, five point nine percent. Mm. Okay, so that's the that's the Fed's worry, you know, because right. Fed says we there's nothing we can do about oil prices right. or gas at the pump. They look more at the core. And that's a and that's what, that's not good news. That's not good news for the Fed. That's why it locked in. Now some people are looking for a stick um, next week from the Fed. You know what we mean by a stick? Here? No, I don't. A stick is when it's a one percent increase, a hundred oh, basis okay. points. Okay, makes sense. Okay, um, and I'll that, just call it one <laughs> because stick <laughs> we is more. We always got names and nicknames and acronyms and. Uh, 
Right. I don't think there's going to be a stick next week. I think it's going to be 75 basis points. Um, now, and, and, and when you look at the core month over month, again, bad news. It came in at 0.6, six tenths percent, and the previous month it was 0.3. Mm. So that that's why... Well, the, Biden says things are good. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> you've got to... Now, again, are things as bad as the right wing talking heads say? Mm-hmm. Um, no, you know, the, the, they they pick and choose these statistics as well. Right. But I also think things aren't good. I mean, I've seen headlines where they said gas prices are going to be higher this winter, or at least they're anticipating it to be than typical winners. Right. But I do think I am in the camp that thinks inflation has peaked. Um, and I think that... Um, it's it's not going to go again. Inflation can go to zero percent increases pretty quickly, but it's not going to go negative. Like whatever we're paying for things now, right. that's the new norm. We're still a bit away from the Fed's target of two percent, um, and and that's why you know what we're recommending to our clients when you're building your financial plans. We're recommending that you use a higher inflation rate for the next few years. Just to be conservative. Right. Okay. And Especially if you have a financial decision or you're in a position where you're worried about spending or you have a potential, can I afford to retire question. Right. Now, there's still a lot of headwinds out there. You've got a war in Europe. Um, you've got the, I mean, basically, I, I think the, the economists over in Europe think the, 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 the percentage of a recession in Europe this year is over 60%, believe there's going to mm, be I was going to say probably higher. Um, and that will, and Janet Yellen, we heard a lot from Janet Yellen this week, and she came back and said, yeah, a, a, a global recession will hit our shores. Mm-hmm. We're not, you know, it will affect us. You know, China's got financial problems. Um, Europe, so, so yeah, we've got, now, I guess one of the things we, uh, apparently, you know, we're taping this show on Friday, is that there is not going to be a railroad strike, right? That would have been. That would have been disastrous. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Is that a done deal? I guess it's a done deal. I don't know. I think they're, what the, the workers are getting an immediate 14% increase. That's huge. Now, see, but that's, you know, this is the good news, bad news, right? Right. That's good news. If you're a railroad worker and there's no strike, that's good news for everybody. But the bad news is that's the wage spiral that we're worried about. Right. If, 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 you know, how much are are we going to have to be paying for a 14% increase for all the railroad workers? Trickles down to taxpayers and consumers typically. Um, so it's you know it, it, it's it's and but other other indicators saying that why I think inflation is peaking out here is you know the PPI the producer price index you know that measures the prices received at the final demand products right uh, what the manufacturers got for their products basically and that was fine so August year over year the headline came in at 8.7%. I mean, that's not fine, but it's right. better than the previous month of 9.8, which is better than the previous month of 11.3. <laughs> it's, you know, it's going in the right direction, right? Um and and if you just looked at the month over month, um it came in at negative. It was down 0.10%, right? Um so and then if you look at the core, um the core PPI year over year came in at 5.6 um, better than the previous month of 5.8, better than the previous month of 6.4. Um, if you know, and so and and if you looked at the month over month, 
came in at 0.20, matching the previous month, 0.20, again, showing no inflation increase for that month. You know, and, and that's where, you know, again, in, inflation, so you're, you're back to this global debate is, you know, how hard is the uh, Federal Reserve going to try to stamp down this inflation and run the risk of high unemployment or a, a U.S. recession? Um, I be, And that's where, you know, I think the, there goes Goldilocks. I don't think it's going to be a very soft landing. Um, now, other pe- now, what does that mean for the stock market? Well, you know, we don't manage our clients' assets. No. You know? And so you better ask your investment advisor that question. Um, what we do, though, is it, we can certainly tell our robots to say, let's assume that we're going to have further losses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you know, I know what your investment advisor is going to say. He's going to say, stay the course, because that's the only thing they ever say. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I mean, basically, they're going to tell you everything is down this year. Stocks are down. Bonds are down. Gold is down. Crypto's down. OK. Um, the only thing that's not really down is maybe your cash and your fixed annuities. Right. Um, so. So. Get, I mean, so you can ask them again, what should I do? And you'll probably get the same answer. Right. You stay invested, right? And you and and you build up your cash reserve and and you do things like that. Um, but. For fun, what we do at the estate planning team is we say, well, let's assume that we do have a market loss, that we do have a recession, um, an economic downturn. And let's also assume that we have higher embedded inflation. We run that with sometimes we call that the plan R, right? You know, you've got your plan A, your base case plan that says if everything goes fine, I'm going to be fine. But now we're running a, a, a plan R. Sometimes we mean for the recession or the recovery plan and saying, okay, if these bad things do happen, especially as you were mentioning, Carrie, if you were planning on retiring next year or if you are planning a major purchase in the next couple of years um, or perhaps you're already in retirement and now you're wondering can you maintain your lifestyle the one that you know that you had put together a few years ago when inflation was under two percent and the market was doing double digits right mm-hmm. so now let's model that in to say because in a weird way if we do have further declines it doesn't make it doesn't say you're going to run out of money next year, right? Just in a weird way, it affects the longevity of your financial plan. That's what we try to model out, saying if we have a downturn now, how does it how does it shave off how many years my money lasts? That's what we're looking for. And that's pretty hard math to do in your head. When you add in 25, 30 years of inflation and taxes and things like that. So that's where, but that's the only way that we know how to get your arms around this situation. Other than just saying, hang in there in the market because things will come back. Right. Get started here. Well, and for some people, they may sit in cash or annuities or fixed. And even on those lower interest rates, they're never running out of money. So why take on the risks necessary? Um, you're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information and financial news that could impact your financial life and hopefully making you aware of choices that you have and things that you can control about your financial life. We're sponsored by the estate planning team who is an affordable fee-based fiduciary planning firm that does the financial modeling, objective number crunching, and objective unbiased analysis and recommendations for people 
dealing with different issues in their financial life in different phases, whether you're someone who is still working or in retirement or planning on passage assets. Um, We've been around more than 35 years in the greater Cleveland area, and we're accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. We offer a free no-obligation consultation for people. And the free consultation, if you fill out a two-page worksheet, we have you complete and send back to us before the meeting. We'll actually run preliminary numbers so we can see how much help you really need. We have both affordable hourly and affordable comprehensive retainers if somebody wants to see their base case and then other plan scenarios because some people want to say if the worst happens where we have higher inflation for longer, a recession with slow growth recovery, does that change the decisions that I'm going to make. And for some people who are worried, it doesn't materially impact the longevity of their plan or the pile they're going to have later on. And for some people that aren't really concerned, they are going to run out of money and they need to make different choices sooner than later. And we can do that modeling and we offer a free consultation by phone or in person. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights. You can give us a call at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Also, this is the time of the year that we start looking at year-end planning strategies. And for people, are there steps and strategies you might want to take this year um, that can minimize cumulative tax liability? Are there opportunities? Do you want to think about a Roth conversion, IRA distribution planning, um, and coordinating um, with your CPA or if you're doing taxes on your own through the online software? But a lot of people, even if you're in a zero bracket, miss opportunities each and every year, especially if you own IRAs and company plans, if you come in for the free consultation, we'll also do that free analysis that shows you the impact of minimum required distribution, how much the government gets, how much left over to your heirs, and how much you get to spend and why that's not the strategy that's typically in your best interest. And we also, you can come in for a free consultation. It's about your numbers and your individual needs, or you can come, we have our last IRA and Roth planning class, still spots available, um, not many, on September 20th. That's this coming Tuesday at 3 p.m. in Middleburg Heights. And we're going to talk about those strategies, about minimum required distribution, strategies to minimize the tax impact, both during your lifetime and to your heirs, Roth contributions, conversions. We're going to talk about not only how minimum required distribution can create more tax dollars for the government and usually is not in your best interest, but this time we incorporated in the class and it's been a theme for a lot of people. We've been doing it for our clients and it's not talked about enough how minimum required distribution can cause Medicare premiums to go up and people typically don't really think about that until they're there. And sometimes it not only causes your premiums to go up to the first tier, I know we talked about it can shoot people up depending on how big your company planet or IRA was. And if both spouses had assets, minimum required distribution along with everything else that's hitting your tax return can cause big increases that can be avoided. So that class again is Tuesday, September 20th. We do ask that you pre-register. You can go online or give us a call. Again, that's 440 440- Two three nine twenty ninety or financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Yeah, Carrie, we call that the RMD IRMA trap. You know, mm-hmm. the IRMA is the income-related monthly adjustment amount, which dictates how much your Medicare B and if you're choosing Medicare D premiums will be. It's based on your income. 
And that was one of the questions. I want to thank everyone that came out to our class mm-hmm. last week here. I want to thank everyone. That, you know, and that was one of the questions that one of the uh, attendees had was, how do I, how do I, do I need to be worried about that? And we have a, we have a case example in this class. So if, mm-hmm. if you've never seen that, it's a good, it's a great example again of what I'm talking about, meaning that, you know, your required minimum distributions, you got to know more than just that they begin now at age 72 and it's about 3.65%. Mm-hmm. Really, the eye opener is if you follow that plan, in other words, if you're in a position where you don't think you need more than your required minimum to, for your cash flow needs, right, then where does that path go to? And that's what's, again, very difficult to do that math in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's that old adage where if, if you ask any of the professional advisors that you're working with and you say, hey, Mr. Advisor, how should I, you know, what plan should I use for my distributions? And you get a, should I, you know, maybe you propose a question. I'm planning on just using the RMD plan. Mm-hmm. Should, is that, a, should I be doing anything else? And if you get a quick answer back by that, professional saying, no, just follow the required minimum distribution, I want you to ask a follow-up question. And the follow-up question is, okay, if I follow that recommendation, can you tell me what the balance of my IRA will be when I'm 90 years old? And if they don't have an answer for you, I'm not so sure you want to take that recommendation. So if you want to see why I say that, come into the class. Or better yet, come in for a free consultation. We'll show you that using your numbers. Right. If you can't make the class, if you come in for a free consultation, we'll give you one of the class booklets mm-hmm. and, that you could take home with you. Now, while we're talking about RMDs, so we've got some questions throughout the year about, hey, Mark, because of the market drop, is Congress going to drop the required minimum distribution amount you know you know are they going to waive rmds this year it's a little late um well it's been done before carry retroactively remember the last time it was done was in the rona recession but was it done this late in the year i didn't think so. well remember what happened it was no it was done earlier because remember the the rona recession hit in march basically right but i thought they did that earlier in the tax year some people had already gotten it out before then right and they made it retroactive Remember, you had a window period to, to do over. Okay. So, but it's not going to happen this year. It, I was going to say, it's awfully late in yeah, the year. No. It, it, Can you imagine the custodians would, like, yeah. the paperwork nightmare that could be? Yeah, it's not happening this year. I'm thinking we're through September. I'm sure a lot of people might have done some of it. Systematics, it's different. That's why I thought it would, the other one was earlier yeah. in the year. It's a so, paperwork nightmare. So it just means that, again, you yes, you have to get your RMDs out. Don't forget about that. No. Don't miss it. All right. Um there's also, I guess I'll mention this, Carrie. You know, IRS is going to, they're, they're talking about refunding about $1.2 billion in late filing penalties. And again, if, if you deserve this, get yours. Right. Um, and did you hear about this? Yeah, I did a little bit. Okay. Yeah, because the unopened mail that sat there. Well, it's, it, I think it goes even beyond that. Um, Internal Revenue Service is sending refunds to more than a million Americans who filed their taxes late in the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic. So it's not only 
the unopened. Cause I, I don't think if the if you mail timely and they right. just didn't open it, that's not your fault. Right. I think this also covers people who mailed late. Who, okay, then why would they get a pass? Because of the Rona. But okay, you have until October 15th. Well, if you file an extension, right. and but you don't have to. You right, don't, but you I'm know, just you saying you, you, you have the time to. Yeah, Kara, thank you for reminding me. I better, I better how much time <laughs> I do I have to do that? <laughs> just a few weeks, Mark. Oh, I've got to get that done. Um, Less than a month. Wow. Can you remind me in a couple of weeks? Oh, my gosh, Mark. Just get it. Yeah, I can't um, do that. All right. Now, um, all right. Nearly 1.6 million filers will automatically receive refunds or credits worth a collective 1.2 billion, an average of $750 per person. Now, but here's where they go on to say there are just a few weeks left to qualify for the relief carry. So this is what I want to bring to people's right. attention. In order to receive the money, Americans need to file their individual tax returns by September 30th, 2022. So I guess what they're saying is tip, there, maybe the, the IRS is saying there's a lot of Americans who have not filed their 2021 tax return yet, Gary. We're a bit beyond that deadline. Right. But I guess what if you file now or if you file before September 30th, you won't be charged that, you know, uh, that late penalty. Um, so. Again, they say the penalty relief issued today is yet another way the agency is supporting people during this unprecedented time. That's Chuck Reddick, you know, the commissioner. Um, this penalty relief will be automatic for people or businesses who qualify. There's no need to call. <laughs> well, they know that's why they're doing it, because they don't answer the phone anyway, well, yeah. and people complain. Well, you know, Janet Yellen did say um, this week that... Um, you know, of those, and there's not going to be 87. You know, I'm so tired of hearing this 87,000 IRS. They're Good not luck. hiring 87,000. Even if are you think they're going to hire, we, I mean, look at all the people that are, we have qualified good jobs out there that people don't want to fill. Oh, if I hear that one more time, Gary. No, but I'm saying. Yeah. The 87,000 is an old, old number. It was based on a study about the, the whole longevity of the IRS, you know, dealing with the retirement crisis. Right. right? That, but that's and what how every article. And how they're going to have to replace older IRS agents who are retiring. It also said they also want to beef up because now there's, what, 150 million people filing tax returns? That's just right. individuals. How much are the corporations filing? But you so see they need every to build, headline. You know, the, the country's getting bigger. We're more populated. We need more people. The IRS was identified that. There's not going to be... You hear even these congressmen talking like the 87,000's already hired and going to be knocking on your door this fall. But you know what? Good luck hiring 87. Right people but janet yellen did say the five she threw out the five thousand so she said five thousand she said by next filing season you know that when you know in right this coming this you know uh, first april quarter, 2023 um there'll be it, her goal is to have five thousand more people answering the phones well and, that alone would be great because right. i don't think they have anybody okay um now more you know why are we talking about when bad news is good news and good news is bad news, right? Um, it's crazy. It's pulling or my bad news out. is bad news anymore. Yeah. Um, one of them is, okay, so the CPI, that was the bad news, right? Because we it came in higher than what most people were expecting. People were thinking that maybe June was the peak. And remember, because July's numbers, it was across the board. Everything looked better than the previous month. That didn't hold up in, in August. 
August, it wasn't that across the board de- decrease. Um, it was mixed, mixed signals. So now people are saying, uh-oh, but it's also people are now really expecting that big Social Security cost of living adjustment, right? Mm-hmm. And remember, that's based on third quarter data, right? It's based on what it's, it's not the CPI, it's the CPIW which is the urban wage earners and clerical workers. Okay, a little bit different than the CPI data that you hear about. But it's based on the third quarter. They compare third quarter of this year compared to the third quarter of last year. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's that, you know, July, August, September, you know, numbers. So with the August numbers being high, bad news, it actually... Make a better case that your cola will be high. The good news. Mm. Okay, that's that's what the that's the economic world we're living in. Depending on you, whether the headline or the shock line, bad news is that really bad news for you, or could that be good news for you? Um, and so we could see because of this August, and then we'll get one more month. And we'll see, it, you know, you could be looking at an 8 or 9% cost of living adjustment for Social Security. That's, is that a record? It's, it's going back, and not a record, but I think it's going back pretty far. Um, all right. And now, also, though, but, but with that projected increase, there are some people asking, well, Mark, should I start, let's say you're deferring your Social Security. Okay. Let's say you're eligible. You could be collecting, but you've been deferring it. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying, well, should I go ahead and get it now so I can get that cost of living increase? Right. right. They're thinking I'm going to miss that increase if right. I wait. If I defer any longer. No, that's not the case. Okay. Okay. Um, you don't really have to go out and, and start now because the way the system works you will get it in the end. In other words, um, and when you really think about it, why are you deferring? Well, it could be because you haven't reached your full retirement age, right? Meaning that if you started now, you'd be penalized. Right. Remember, if, if your full retirement age you know, you know, is age 67 and you start at 62, there's a 30% penalty that you incur you know, for the rest of your right. life. Um, so every year you wait, that 30% penalty goes down, right? Now, if you wait any year beyond your full retirement year, then you're picking up the 8% deferred credit. Right. You're, you're, you're going up. So one thing is, if you were somewhere in that timeline, and that's the reason why you weren't planning on starting Social Security this year, well, by waiting, you're going to pick up on one of those situations. Right. Either you're going to get less of a penalty or more of a deferred credit. Okay? But the other, the other thing is, too, is that you are still going to pick up, you will get the increase that everybody else is getting in your benefit. Mm-hmm. So your future benefit will also go up by that cost of living adjustment. So again, you don't really have to run out, you know, by you're not going to miss this great COLA adjustment right. if you're deferring. All right. But 
if you want to learn more and whether it's timing of social security, can I afford to retire? Should I be doing a Roth conversion? Should I, am I worried about minimum required distributions or distributions from the IRA? Am I underspending, overspending? That's where we can help give you objective, unbiased, helpful information. We've been around more than 35 years and we're not investment advisors. We do look at your assets in terms of how much risk you really need to be taking and what are steps and strategies you can use today to protect your long-term financial stability and create future tax-efficient income. And we've, again, been around more than 35 years in the Cleveland area. And call for a free consultation with a free analysis by phone or in person or make sure that you register for our September 20th, next Tuesday, IRA and Roth planning class at 3 p.m. in Middleburg Heights at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We will call you back on Monday. Or if you email through the website, I will reply through that sometime this weekend. That's financialfoodforthought.com. Again, that's financialfoodforthought.com. And I'm Carrie Waddell, and you're listening this morning to Mark Donnelly. All right. So, Carrie, this, that leads us to the uh, Cassandra of the Week Award, right? Because we okay. heard President Biden, everything's great, right? Right. Well, I don't think he's a Cassandra because I don't think. No, he's, that's what I'm saying. He's, right. he's the you know he you know he's saying yeah right. That's my point because he does what he says and isn't true. <laughs> I was going to say in the Alfred E. Newman camp. Yeah. What me worry? Yeah. Um, no, but uh, so Cassandra. For those who haven't heard the show before, I've been doing the Cassandra of the Week Award. That's Cassandra. Of course, was the beautiful. Um, princess, human princess, that's out of Greek mythology, right? She was the most beautiful all of King Priam's daughters, okay? And, and she had a lot of suitors, including Apollo, you know, Zeus's son. And Apollo, in order to win her favors, gave her a gift. Mm-hmm. And he gave her the gift of prophecy. Um, and when, but when she didn't return his favors, what he was looking for, he was upset. He didn't take away the gift, but he kind of added a little curse to it and added the curse to saying that no one would believe her anyways. So she had to spend the rest of her days giving these prophecies that no one would believe that would always come to pass. All right. Um, So who gets the Cassandra award this week? Um, Thomas Petterfree. Okay. So, Petterfee, he's a billionaire, right? And he, he's, he, he's the creator of the interactive brokers, you know, a very wealthy man. So his, here's his quote. Um, Despite embarking on an aggressive monetary policy path in 2022, the Fed isn't going to get inflation back down to its 2% target over the next two years without sparking an economic depression. Okay. Okay. Not recession, depression. All right. Um, you know, he, he's talking about persisting, you know, inflationary pressures, the deficit spending, the lowered global trade, and the, the crazy imbalances in the labor market, right? The whole idea of the, 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 the quiet quitting and the, right. um, yeah, the great resignation and, and the fact that there's two jobs available for every available worker. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, and again, or that you have to give the railroad workers a 14% increase to avoid a strike that would decimate the they're the hiring for people. Um, so, you know, what else does he say? Um, and he does not believe stocks have bottomed yet. He said the S&P 500 could fall another, Carrie, what do you think he said, percentage? 20. No, not that bad, Carrie. 
Well, he's all doom and gloom, so. <laughs> he only said 16%. Oh, close. Okay. Um, now, um, I'm just going to see here. Yeah, so what did he say? And, yeah, the, just that the U.S. as well as lack of skilled workers in the labor market. Um, they all contribute to inflation, and it's not going to be over very soon. So our rates will have to rise somewhat longer and stay up there. And that's what a lot of people are thinking: is that the federal interest rate, the federal rates, it's going to have to be three to four percent for a while. Which is, you know, it's not going to be this 2%. So that's, you know, now another 16% drop. I don't know. You also, you know, the contrary to that is Jim Paulson, right? Another famous, you know, investor. And he's, he's looking at it a different way. He's think the market has bottomed out. So what does he look back on historical data? Well, he says since the 1940s, there's been seven major inflation peaks. Okay. And, um, you know, and in, in, I don't know if he said in all of them carry or in the great majority of them, in all those cases, the stock market bottomed out in correlation to the peak month of inflation. Okay. All right. So is that holding up this year? So right now, now I don't know what the market's doing today because right. we're taping this on Friday morning. It's dropping. I mean, when, before we came in, but prior to this week, the S&P low for the year was at the end of June. It was around 3,900. Um, and also, that's where a lot of people are saying that was peak inflation in June. And we're maybe bouncing up and down a, a tenth of a percent, you know, one-tenth of a percent. But basically, will that hold up? That maybe if, if, if June, July was, or maybe even now, you know, if this time period is the peak of the inflation, well, then hasn't the S&P reached its bottom? So we'll see. And regardless, I guess this is where a time where I can't control what the market does, but I can control how much risk I'm taking. So because, both, you know, if you have lots of that's a problem right now, we have a lot of smart economists and analysts that are saying completely different things. So what to believe? And so our approach is, well, you can just sit on the couch and worry about it. Right. Which a lot of people do. Um, you can just postpone your retirement and just say, I'm working longer. But maybe you don't have to. Or you, you could cancel your Hawaii trip. Maybe you don't have to. Um, or maybe instead of Hawaii, you can go on a deal trip to the Caribbean because you save on airfare. You know, so it, it's so and, and so how we help our clients get off the couch and, and just stop from worrying about it is let's plan for it. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's always that great analogy, Carrie. I mean, when you go on a vacation, do you just get in the car and go or do you do a little planning first? Most people plan. Most people plan Most a lot. Plan. Some people probably you know. plan more than they do their retirement plan. Right, and that's absolutely true. You think about the research, the rates, the hotel, the airfare, or if you're doing a trip, you're going to plan like how where you're going to stop, where you're going to stay, what things you're going to see. Now we know that the plans never work out exactly how right. you planned it, but at least they, they they probably worked out better than if you right. didn't plan at all. Right. It's like the person that plans for a realistic date at I'm going to retire at 68, 
but I ideally might work longer, but sometimes health-wise. You know, when people say, I'm never going to stop working, I'm going to work till I'm 80, 75, because I love it. Right. Well, you might want to, but so let's build a plan or let's have realistic assumptions built in there. Right. So, it, it, yeah, it's, it's that always the, the two parameters that we always remind our clients about when building a financial plan. One is that your assumption is conservative, and the second one is that it's realistic. So you just mentioned one that the baby boomers dilemma, I'm never going to retire. To them, that's a very conservative assumption. Right. I'll just keep working and bringing in the money. So that solves the income issue. Right. In my mind, I'm willing, I'm I'm recognizing the fact that I'm going to have to work forever. To cover my expenses, health care, whatever that may be. Protect my family, my spouse, whatever. All right. But that, how realistic is that? Well, guess what? People get sick. Sometimes your spouse gets sick and you have to take care of them. Sometimes your own health. Right. Physically, so you can't do that full time. How many rate. clients have we had to retire to take care of an elder parent, Gary? Or how many people sometimes that job's not there that you were forced into retirement that you didn't want? Or you weren't willing to to get the learning curve on the latest computer programs right. that they want you to do. Um, or they kind of force out and don't think it doesn't the older worker that's get the good good benefits and your grandfathered in and they hire younger people paying less i mean you saw what federal express you know the company was down 20 percent you know because they they came out and said this business you know they're saying the business is just gone it's dropped off Mm -hmm. that's how quickly demand destruction can happen right federal you know federal fedex said they're they have they have to now they're going to have to lay off people. They're saying they before it, the holidays. It just happened. They're saying there is no business globally. U.S. Right. They're saying it's just going to be bad. Um, yeah, I don't know how good the Christmas season is going to be. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, we'll see. There, you know, again, you don't ask your neighbor if they're mm-hmm. cutting back on their Christmas spending. You got to kind of figure this out for yourself. So conservative and realistic assumptions, and. And then you build out the model and, and you plan to say, okay, now I'm going to plan for this economic downturn. Okay. Um, or I'm going to look to, you know, make some lemonades out of some lemons. So for example, right now, um, we might have just reached a new, by the time you listen to this show, we have might have reached a new bottom or low for the S and P 500 for this year. Okay, you had mentioned, you know, maybe at the beginning here, I think, is that this may be a good time to execute a Roth conversion. Mm-hmm. All right, because, and we and this is what we talked about at the class. There was a lot of discussion about this because, it, like, if you're if you're planning on doing a Roth conversion, all right, where typically we are all used to that old, you know, market, you know, investment. Uh, I'm trying to say rule that right. you don't want to sell low. You know, you want to buy low and sell right. high. You don't want to sell low, right? Because that's locking in the loss. But we can reverse that if you're planning on doing a Roth conversion. Mm-hmm. You may want to do your Roth conversion when the market is low. Opportunity. You know, if you were going to hold on to the investment anyways because you believe at some point when this passes it will come back it'll come back so so the strategy here is that let's say you know you 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 had picked out you had identity this is where the planning comes in 
Because if you're planning a Roth conversion with the estate planning team, we knew already what the target amount for the year was going to be. And we also had you working, if you're doing your own investments or if you're working with an investment advisor, identified which assets you would be converting over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like an in-kind exchange. Let's say you owned ABC Company and your an ABC Company is down 20% year to date. And you're saying, well, I'm going to, I like ABC Company. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it will come back. Maybe it pays a nice dividend, and I just want to move it over to my Roth IRA, okay? And But I, if I move it over when it's down, the market value is down 20%, I'm getting a big tax discount to move that over to Roth right. IRA, all right? Now, when it's sitting in my Roth IRA, I expect it to come back, but at least all that regrowth will come back tax-free, as opposed to leaving it in your IRA and all the regrowth comes back, but still 100% taxable. So that's just one of the ideas. You know, that's mm-hmm. what we mean by active planning. We are very active planners at the estate planning team. Um, you know, we, you know, we're always looking and say, yeah, let, you know, let's look at opportunities. Right. And you might be okay, but what if you're, there's things that you're not doing and actively, um, implementing that could make it even better. So you could go to Florida instead of two weeks, you could actually afford four, or maybe you could help your kids or retire early, or there are plenty of choices. I mean, planning is about saving money and the net benefit um, by understanding choices. And it's the cumulative savings, but it's also about peace of mind and clarity on knowing what exactly you can and can't do. Right. Now, some other things you want to plan for your Roth conversion if you are already subject to required minimum distributions, okay, now beginning at age 72, um, you have to get your RMD done first. In other words, you are not allowed to convert your required minimum distribution to Roth IRA. So if you are always thinking that, hey, I don't need all my RMD, what I don't need for my spending, I'll just convert over to Roth. No, you won't. No. You could do it, but you're going to get penalized. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to convert your RMD. So most people know that rule. What a lot of people don't know the rule is, in fact, y- yeah, you can do an R, you can do a Roth conversion once you get your RMD done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're not barred from doing Roth conversions just because you're at a required minimum age. It's just you have to get that done first. In other words, you so if you're if if you wanted to do a Roth conversion right now, but you haven't satisfied your RMD yet for this year, don't do the Roth conversion before you satisfy then your do RMD. Do it in two separate transactions. Well, you I mean, have to. I'm just saying, and and just make sure that it's done and done correctly before you implement the Roth. Another planning with the Roth conversions is that you want to plan it so you don't have to, the only you don't want to do withholding taxes on your Roth conversion. Because that lessens the benefit and the value of the Roth. If you don't understand that, come in for a consultation. We will, I will show you that, right? But so ideally, in the planning stages, you work out if you do X amount of a Roth conversion, what is that going to do to your tax liability for the year? And how do you get that tax covered without having to use the IRA to do it? So you get more of your dollars converted over to Roth. 
In other words, are there other ways you can pay to get one of your tax-safe harbors covered without having to do withholding on your Roth conversion? You'll get a better win in the end if you do it that way. Um, For example, so we have a lot of clients who are an RMD and they are planning on doing Roth conversions on top of their RMD. So we use their RMD to cover all the withholding that we need. Mm-hmm. including the extra cost at tax cost of doing the Roth conversion because we can't convert their RMDs to Roth anyways. Right. So we're saying, well, we can do the withholding on your RMDs and that leaves, okay, now when we do the Roth conversion, 100% of what we're converting over is going into the Roth. That's a bigger win in the end, especially if you believe that income tax rates are going up in the future. Um, now, the... The other thing, too, is the, you know, with the baby boomers, you know, every year now there's more and more getting to required minimum age and dealing with these issues. And just like baby boomers and everyone before that, we're all procrastinators. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't do their RMDs to the end of the year. Or don't do the Roth conversions to the end of the year, or don't do any other planning to the end of the year. Well, that means the custodians can get backed up, mm-hmm. and this has been we see this been a problem over the last few years, right? Because it used to be if you waited till December after between Christmas and New Year's, you had and no want problem. to do it, not a problem. You sent the paperwork in, they got it done. Then they started moving, and we call it the drop-dead date. If you call the company and said, what is the last day, they'll guarantee that it will get processed for the 20 or for that tax year. Right. Well, it started, it was then before Christmas. Then it was December 15th. Then I've heard companies December 1st. Now I think, I don't know if some were saying by the end of November. Yeah, so you got to check with your custodian just to make sure. All right, Kara, I hear the music. Um... Happy National Cheeseburger Day, Carrie. Oh, okay. It's Sunday, so the 18th. All right. September 18th. So if you can't afford the $18 cheeseburger, right. maybe you could play the wimpy thing, right? You know, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday right. for a hamburger today. <laughs> Get us out of here. We got to go. All right. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.